0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mission 300 Podcast. Today we're jumping into our discussion on strength, things that Brian talked in the last episode. Brian, you ready?
1: I'm ready. Let's go get into this.
0: So one of the things that you mentioned that really stood out to me, I wanted to to bring that back out, was the fact that Jesus grew in strength. And that was years ago a new concept for me because I kind of grew up just assuming that he started out at the finish line that he had, didn't really have to learn spiritual things as much as we have to and to really understand the concept that he had to grow in strength he had to grow in grace and in favor and i think you would either mention in the podcast or in our conversation earlier he kind of grew in his miracles as well and so seeing that it actually helped me to put myself in a place where I can relate to him so I'm not just down here and Jesus is up there and there's this disconnect but he actually had to grow too so where I am now he was at some point in a developmental aspect and so now I can look to him as not someone who's never really had to go through what I have to go through but as someone who has and has conquered it and is now next to me walking with me in my development of it. And that puts such a, a much better picture on it because now it's not left for me to figure out and then meet him when I'm at the finish line. He's with me active in the development because he's gone through it himself.
1: I think it's interesting when you bring that up, uh, that we have that impression that he had it all. And I think that's kind of a good thing in, in some aspects, because when he came and he was given his name and he said, this is what you are. This is what, what you're going to do. This is who you're called from a natural earth walk. So he knew what he was in the spirit realm, but he still had to come and live from a man's perspective and grow through this. But we just know him, what his outcome was, and we see that strength. In the same way, a lot of the characters of old, even Abraham, he was the father of many nations. The Bible just shows his whole journey, where we don't see that whole journey with Jesus, but it was the exact same. So in some aspects, it's true. He did have it all. And in the same aspect, when we're given our identity and all of our gifts and all of our promises, God sees us as already at the finish line, having it all or having completed what we are and living from that place. It's just we have to change our lens of seeing that as well. And so then it makes that growth process different. And that's where we can really connect and relate to him. And we uh, maybe be careful that we don't cloud the lens a little bit that well, he, he, just, he was going to get there because mm-hmm. that's just what he was.
0: Why do we think that we won't get there? That's what we are. And so- back to what we talked about in the first episode on strength where you've already been given all the muscles you're ever going to have. It's just a matter of working them and developing them, right? <clears throat> and in the same way, it's. I guess it depends on the person because some of us probably have trouble picturing ourselves as having been given everything that we need and some of us have trouble picturing ourselves as having to develop what we've already been given and so it's interesting that we've got to have both perspectives there we have been given everything we need but at the same time now you can't just let that make you sit on the couch and do nothing so to relate it to you brought the example of David when he was anointed he very well could have just gone back into the fields and said, Well, I've been anointed the king, so at some point the army's gonna come to me, the crown's gonna come to me, the, the palace is gonna come to me, and all I just gotta you know sit here and hang out. But we don't see him doing that. We see him developing that vision and that call that had put been put on his life. So we see him defeating the lion, defeating the bear, and probably spending a lot of time in the wilderness with the sheep, practicing. his his strength, you know, practicing working with his sling, knowing that someday I'm going to need to be using these skills at a higher level. But I don't think he necessarily looked at everything he was going to do as, or everything he was doing as, well, this is just for my big vision down the road. Because when a lion comes at you to kill the sheep and you're responsible for protecting them, you're not thinking, well, someday I'm going to be a king, so maybe I should you know, go kill the lion because otherwise it'll look bad when I'm a king. It was also that this is what's in front of me right now. I'm responsible for these sheep right now. And someone who has a great call would defend them in this way. And so it wasn't a means to an end, I guess is what I'm saying. He looked at it as I'm responsible for this comparatively little thing in front of me right now and I'm going to put everything I have into it. And then we see him developing and growing until and so ultimately going through Goliath and becoming the king. And I think it's uh, a focal point that had to hit me years ago was stop trying to just look at what the finish line is and see what's in front of you right now. Because if you don't develop what's in front of you right now, you're going to have problems down the road.
1: So it's, it almost ties into, you know, there's... Like Hebrews talks about, we keep our eyes fixed on Him as we're running the race. So even though we're pursuing the goal, our eyes isn't. Um, I thought it was interesting that He says, "Keep your eyes on Me." So is He, that means, is He standing at the end of the goal line? So we're focusing on Him, or is it that we're focusing on who He is, because that's determining what we are in the middle of that race? But we are pursuing to win. Mm-hmm. Um, there's things that we are by faith. If if we already have certain aspects of the promise right there's things that we we haven't seen manifest let's say there's things that have been given to us but we haven't seen it come out so do we sit and not pursue that or do we just sit back and say well I already have it and then we don't do anything with it and so I think um, even in looking at how, what are we focusing on what are we going after um, if I'm already that why do I have to work for it to keep moving forward and I think we are, we're kind of we're, we're trying to look at that and we're still looking at a religious lens mm-hmm. of how we're looking at those things because if you look at just natural life you know a, a, a baby or a animal cub like a lion cub or what you know a, a puppy or something they're already the potency the, the what's in them will produce a full-grown dog and it will produce other dogs, and there will be a reproduction, and there will be a growth in that whole process, um, naturally speaking, unless of course, you make it a domesticated, and then we have a whole different journey. And I think that has a little interesting side note that we do domesticate a lot of people, and so we strip a lot of their potency mm. because we want them to fit into something. But I'm just looking at it from just a natural yeah. perspective. If we that animal knows that, it's not trying to become the end. it's Enjoying So puppies play and then they wrestle and then all of a sudden they become more hunting and then they become, you know, they grow into that natural environment. And so they become stronger. I think when we look at strength, rather than looking at, okay, I need this in my life. It's in me. How do I get it out? Because I have to solve my problem in front of me. I think that's where we're missing it because we're still not trusting what's in there versus saying, okay, I got this problem in, me, in front of me. Therefore, God sees in me the capability to win this. Mm-hmm. How do I push the envelope of that that issue or that circumstance that's always collapsed on me? How do I push it forward and break it down? That is also part of that development and that strength building. You're just using the environment to do your strength versus escaping and running to the gym, working out, and hoping you could come back and face
0: that again. Mm-hmm another thing that stood out to me when we were talking about the the guys in the program and the things they had to go through to to complete the challenge there was a tool they were given at the end right there was there was some kind of reward or some kind of tool at the end that would help them further on right yeah and it was interesting that they weren't given the tool until after they completed the challenge and completed what was in front of them. And I think a lot of times, at least for me in the past, I've looked at the challenge and said, well, if I had this tool, then I could better complete the challenge. And I think that needs to be a big shift in our thinking because we've been given by our Father everything that we need to face what's right in front of us. Sure, maybe a tool or maybe something here would make it easier, but that doesn't necessarily mean it would make you better at handling the situation. When I was... Um, Taking guitar lessons in college, one of my instructors, he would get really upset when when new students would come in with a lot of gear and not a lot of technical skill on playing. And that was the coolest thing to see him kind of break it down. I don't care how, much, how many pedals you have, I don't care how nice your guitar is. If you don't know how to play your scales and play these chords and do these techniques, then all that stuff you have is garbage. And in fact, it's not just worthless, it's distracting you from working on the skill. So I won't, you won't be able to perform or play anywhere with all this gear, with all these tools, unless you've honed the skills that you need to be able to play the instrument itself. And that really helped shape my perspective because there's, it's really tempting to see all the gear, to see all the nice things and think, man, what I could do if I had all of that. But we don't realize what we can actually do now in front of us. And my, that, that same guitar instructor, he, he did an example with the class one day where he, he removed, he had tons of gear, obviously he put all of that away. And just had his guitar, his electric guitar, plugged it into a, to a, a standard amp with no effects on it and played something. And it, was, it sounded better. It was more appealing than anything anyone else could play with all the gear in the room. And to me, that was such a cool example and helped shift my perspective on, look, you already have the instrument. You need to learn to play that before all those tools come.
1: Oh, this is—I think that is I think that is such a, a great point And I think it highlights something else. Tools come. Mm -hmm. So tools are different than your strengths. Tools are different than your identity because you might pick up an occupation. You might pick up a skill. You might pick up something along the way that fits within your environment that you have to learn to do. I mean, people live all over the world in different environments and have different skill sets to function in that, but has not really anything to do with the strength or your your identity. It's just how to utilize it. Like, for instance... um, when you brought up about uh, like these guys, they were winning a pair of new soccer soccer cleats, and they have soccer cleats. But the thing is, to your to your point, if they go and get, I'll give you new ones. Then go do. Mm-hmm. What is the ramification? See, that's that's that that the lust of the world. So we always use the word lust from a sexual idea. But it's just anything, if I could have that, then I can. Mm -hmm. And that's where a promise changes that. Promise takes a little bit longer to bring out, but then you find, I actually don't want those shoes, I want something, it it could be completely different. Mm -hmm. And so, when they got to that point and they picked out their shoes, it was the launch to the next place. Now they gotta learn to utilize those pieces to go to the next area, just like David used a sling. But you never hear about him using a sling after he kills Goliath hmm. because he ends up taking David's or excuse me, he ends up taking Goliath's sword and the rest of his battle. And you find out later through the journey, which is a real neat story, he ends up getting Goliath's sword and it becomes his sword that he uses uh, very likely through the rest of his campaign and the rest of the the actions that he did at least for a season mm-hmm. so he picked up something different so he's a boy but now he's using a, a sword of a giant so think about the weight think right. about all that now he had the strength of the capacity to handle the new tool but the tool just became the next step
0: well and to be honest you ultimately you really don't want your ability and strength to be found in what, in the tool or in the thing, because if that tool is gone, then your ability to handle the situation is gone. But if you can handle the situation without it, then you'll just be much more powerful with it. And whether the tool's there or whether it's not, it doesn't matter, you'll still be able to win. And I think that's the question that we should be asking. You'd mentioned it's more important to ask the right question than to have the right answer. I thought that was really powerful because the question then we should be asking is not, okay, God, what kind of tools are you going to send me to help me fix this situation? It should be more along the lines of who am I in this situation? Who have you made me to be? Who are you to me, father? And how do we walk this out? So how does your son walk this out? How would you walk out this situation? And, To take that into the next step to only listen to his voice on it because you had mentioned your boss isn't going to be the one to tell you when you're ready for the next step or when you're ready to move on and to broaden that out a bit we shouldn't really you know be looking to people at all for that should we
1: I don't think so I mean I you know all of these things we're talking about you could probably find situations where no it was like this in this situation no, these core things are still truth, but maybe the application could be a little bit different. So you might have a coach where a player just is afraid to step forward. So the coach has to kind of provoke and create an irritation in the location he's in. So he's forced to go out just like in the, uh, after, after Jesus had ascended and the disciples are going, everybody was hung around Jerusalem. Well, it was actually the persecution by Saul that actually provoked them to leave. And when they leave, they just left, they discovered what they had, and they became a powerful force that began spreading uh, Christianity and the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ all around. So that be it took the irritation of Saul to provoke them to leave, which is quite a, an interesting irony that he also was the one that would end up going and pastoring the people that he provoked out. Right. But I think there's sometimes, there is a, a coach or someone that will provoke you out because they see something in you. But it's not like you work hard for me and I'll let you know when you can go up. Now that is a whole different context. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean you can break that that's the difference between a boss and a leader for one. Even just in a secular corporate setting. That has huge implications there. I wanted to bring up another thing that you had mentioned in the last episode. You said of um, to avoid focusing on the failures of the people that we study. And I was wondering if you had any examples in mind for that, because I do think we tend to look at stories of people in the, in the Bible or people just in the world, and we see great people, and then we'll see a failure, and we'll let it diminish all the greatness that, that is in their character. And it kind of does an injustice, I think, to the people, but not only to the people we're studying, to ourselves, then, because then, if a failure creeps up in our life, we're going to be holding ourselves to that same standard and discounting everything that we think that we've accomplished.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think um, when we when we're looking at characters, it is true. I mean, there's, a, I mean, if you just take the life of David, just for a moment, one of the most written about characters in the Old Testament how would you like your whole life displayed for public use and dissemination? So he started out that he was called to be king and he ended up becoming king and he lived a fullness and passed on and he fulfilled everything that he was and known as a man after God's own heart. Yet we can sit and find areas within that journey where he made a bad choice. He didn't go to battle. And instead of going to battle where he belonged in his identity, he came back home. Then you have Bathsheba. Then you have times where he trusted in his own army. And then that created a problem. So you could sit and pick and spend time creating creating studies of how to avoid this. And I think that's a real dangerous place to be. Mm -hmm. Because you don't get to even be in that situation until you're willing to start the journey. And I think that journey—he didn't know what he would feel like. I mean, how would you like to be in constant battle? And you're going out, and and you're 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 fighting the Philistines, and you're at war, and you're a king, and you have the weight of a kingdom on you. You don't get tired. So there's things we can learn from that. Like, what do we do when we get tired? Right. But to but to come. It for me to uh, let's say you're coaching a team and you're you're at a level and you're telling your players you're pushing yourself too far you need to pull back or hey you need to push yourself forward because you're you're stepping into it your your brain shifting but I'm talking at a level that they're already in the game they have already been practicing they're already a part of the team it's I'm not talking to a fan about this mm-hmm. so you can't fully understand what was going on in there unless you're also living from your identity, pursuing that journey. Now there's some great examples that we can pull and say, okay, good warning. Thanks Mm -hmm. for the warning. So there is truths about what they did wrong that we absolutely should learn. But if we focus on that in order to do the journey, you will never do the journey. Plus, you'll never have that conflict because you'll never push yourself far enough to discover what's really on the inside of you.
0: All right. right. And David's a great example of that. I mean, there's how many chapters and how many books written about his life and his journey. And we seem to boil it down to two. There's David and Goliath, which includes him being anointed. And then there's David and Bathsheba. And that's, that's really it. I mean, how many people can, can tell me anything about David's life other than those couple of things or maybe one or two more and yet there's an entire journey of his life that's written about him that's rich and and fulfilling and amazing and so to boil it down to just those I think does a real bad injustice to his character I mean I would I would hate for someone a hundred years from now to read about a year of my life and think they know all of me about that. And, you know, maybe in some ways we do that with God, too. We'll look at a couple of things and think, well, we know the character of God. But I guess I don't want to get off on that little by trail there. Well, let me
1: just, I'll just throw this out there. Let's just say you're evaluating the story. If you look at who was the king after David that became the wisest man in all of Israel, or in, in history, according to the Bible, that was Solomon. Well, who was Solomon's mother? It was Bathsheba. Yeah. So it was almost like you can, you can flip this three different ways. Did God want Bathsheba to be the mother of the next king? Was it God just being merciful and using what was given to him and producing Solomon? Or was something would something have happened to Uriah that David would have ended up with Bathsheba if he would have just waited versus pursuing it from, I need it now. Mm-hmm. So there's way you can't sit and analyze that from a one-dimensional aspect unless you're the one in that but when you look at the end to end it was her son that ended up sitting on the throne and became the
0: wisest king in all in all of Old
1: Testament history.
0: I think that's that brings back the importance of when you said in the last episode you'll you'll outgrow what you're facing but you do need to face it. You didn't use those exact words, mm-hmm. but we tend to look at a snapshot of things even for our own life so where am i going to be in 10 years or what's the what's the the big grand goal of my life my calling instead of what's in front of you right now And we'll either look at it in a positive way or a negative way. So we'll look at, man, I got this great calling of God on my life and I know he's given me this word and I just need to wait for that to come to pass in five or ten years. Or we'll go the other way and say, man, I've done some terrible things. How could God even use me? And both of those are missing the point. What's in front of you right now? So don't worry about You know, how how wrong was David with Bathsheba? How how wrong was he in other things? How great was he with Goliath? What was in front of him right now? And I think that's the way God looked at the situation. All right, this is done. Or I mean, you know, situations throughout history. This has been done. What do we do with it now? Yes, it might have been bad. And maybe we can learn some things from it in the future. But what do we have right now that we can work with? And I think it's interesting to see the characters in scripture, and we have so many modern examples too. When you focus on what's in front of you, then you will outgrow what you have in front of you. If you work the strength that you have in what you're in front of right now, you'll outgrow it and you'll get to the next thing and the next thing.
1: You know, it's interesting, We brought, you brought up the challenge that we did for those guys. And um, when we were at, just about a month ago, a month and a half ago, we were at probation. And one of the guys that was in that one of the people that got picked to do the, the challenge of the three. Uh, he was in there. So I asked him to stand up and say, what what did you learn from this? And he walked through some of the learnings that he, um, no matter what he's in, he can make a plan, he can accomplish it. And I said, so what's what's been the fruit of that? Like, what, what are you doing now? And he goes, well, I now run um, about 6K every other day. And I, I said, well, that's impressive. And I go, did you run before? And I, he goes, no, not until I did the challenge. I go, Why'd you keep running? He goes, I just feel good running. I, I, I like what it what it did for me. And I said, so what else is happening? He goes, well, I quit smoking. I said, oh really, why'd you quit smoking? He said, well, it was really hard to run and smoke at the same time. So I got rid of smoking so I can enjoy the running. And I thought that was a powerful example that that we he didn't know we were trying. We weren't even trying to accomplish that, but it really opened my eyes to a bigger picture that if you create a sense of hope, and you create a sense of confidence in someone and they start emerging and they see that there's something way more in me than that, that, that they've seen before, the crutches and the things that they've been using to kind of hide behind, they get in the way. Mm-hmm. And it becomes easy for them to lay aside the weight so they can run the, weight, the race versus focusing on, well, we got this challenge, but here's what you're gonna have to do. You're gonna have to quit this, you're gonna have to do this, you're gonna have to do this. And I think it would overwhelm the process because they're not seeing the hope of the goal. But because we got them into it in the middle of whatever mess they were in, and we just got them into it and started believing in them, confidence and hope started rising on the inside of them that they started making
0: choices that was holding them back. I think that's really what the Bible means when it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't that the truth? When you get a taste of something that great, you realize, wow, I could have this. This could be a part of me. And then the things that hold you down and weigh you down, you don't really want them as much anymore. There might still be a pull or a temptation to that. But I have yet to meet a lot of successful people that stop thinking about red fire trucks because of how much they talk about red fire trucks. You don't you don't stop something that you're focusing on what you are looking at is where, is where you go. Like even just from a physical stance, you see how far you can get across the street or across town where you live by looking to your left or your right. You're going to run into something. You're going to go towards what you're looking at, what is in front of you. And that's why I think it's so important this to go back to this idea of working your strength on what's in front of you because then you'll actually have a really good result with what's in front of you. If you're if you're kind of looking down the road to well this isn't really my big calling or my big vision, so I want to just, you know, I'll get through this thing in front of me to get me to my big calling and big vision, then what you're getting through in front of you is going to be 50% good, 70% well done.
1: Well, let me just highlight two things cuz you just brought up two key factors. One, if you have to get to that point to, to really get to your calling, your identity has, you've not, you don't even know who you are. Because mm-hmm. you're trying to get your identity in the thing that's being done. And that's a dangerous place because the moment that gets altered, even if you get there, you will lose sight of who you are. Mm-hmm. Then that becomes your identity. David, a man after God's own heart, was anointed to be king. So within his name, there was a role that would come, but he didn't have to be in a physical location of a kingdom with this for him to be kingly. Right, he was a king, so that becomes a very uh, distinguishing factor. And I think another piece when we're looking that of if if I can just get there.
0: So I wanna I wanna talk about a practical application for this because there are some people that are, like you said, are finding their identity in the things they have or in where they're going to be down the road. And they need to let go of those things. So if your identity is in your guitar pedals, to go back to my example, if your identity is in all that, you might need to just get rid of them and start playing with just the guitar by itself to find the identity in that. But at the same time, we look at the life of David again. When he defeated Goliath, he kept the sword. And so it's not that he needed to defeat Goliath and then get rid of the sword because, well, I don't want my identity to be in the tool. You know, I don't want my identity to be in the sword. It's not that either. So how do we kind of find the sweet spot? How do we find a balance between our identity and what we are? And then when things come along to be able to use them and work those strengths, but not find our identity in them.
1: Well, I think when, uh, when, when we are secure in something, and you're moving forward and it's, you, you see new avenues to go. You may need like, wow, I got to go play before a larger audience. So let's say you start out playing the guitar and you're in a venue that has like 15, 20 people. Your acoustics is just fine. Then all of a sudden you're put into an environment that's bigger. So you use their sound system, let's just say. Well, now it's just not sounding good because of the amplification. All right, I'm going to make an investment and put into more equipment. But see, you could walk away from the equipment. Mm-hmm. So the moment the equipment doesn't have you, you have the equipment, then it kind of changes all that. And, I, you know, you brought up a point earlier just in a practical about being strong in you versus, versus focusing on the problem, right, with our focus. If you're strong in you, it's not like I hope I can beat this thing. It's the th- the the objective in front of you really doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You're you're developing yourself and you're hitting it until you're rising up that you change. Just like David's mission wasn't to kill Goliath. David's mission was to remove the Philistine army off of that place, mm-hmm. off of that area. He grabbed five stones. There was five lords, and I know there's a lot of different thoughts about why five stones but just there is one truth that we know the moment he killed Goliath he turned and he didn't go hey it's all done let's cheer let's have a party it's over yeah. that wasn't Goliath wasn't the objective he rallied the troops and then they seized and they began fighting against the Philistine army yeah. so the objective was the removal of the army Goliath was just in the way and I think that's when your strength rises above your problem mm-hmm
0: we're going to close it out with that today guys thanks for listening thanks for tuning in um we we have been a bit behind in our episodes for a while brian's been traveling in the states and we've had some speaking engagements and it's been really great stuff Um, so that's why we've been a bit delayed in releasing these but we'll get back on it consistently here Uh, if you want to listen to the things that brian's been speaking about the last few weeks in the states here you can go to the website outboundlife.org all the messages should be up there Um, You can comment on the podcast. You can find us on Facebook under Outbound Life or other social media as well. So we appreciate you guys tuning in and listening, and we look forward to discussions we'll have with you guys coming up. And stay tuned for the next one.